We recap day two of the 2023 NFL Draft for the Baltimore Ravens, including their selection of Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson, at number 86. We talk about what Simpson brings to the table. We also look at what it means for Patrick Queen. We'll talk about Lamar Jackson. We'll talk about Odell Beckham. We'll look ahead to day three. And, of course, Zay Flowers' conversation to all this in an instant reaction after dark midnight edition of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens here live, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, and we're here on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here in the midnight hours, the wee hours of the morning here on Locked On Ravens on Friday slash Saturday. It's technically Saturday here now. Free and available as always, all podcasting platforms. You can subscribe on YouTube for free. Follow along in audio form and subscribe there for free as well. And today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you're ever dreaming of becoming an NFL general manager and managing your football franchise, this game is definitely for you to download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise. When you use the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. And we're back here breaking down day two of the draft for Baltimore. They had to wait. Baltimore had to wait a while, but they end up getting who seems to be their guy here. Trenton Simpson at 86 overall, the linebacker from Clemson. There's a lot to break down with this pick, particularly the fact that one, it is it is not a corner. <laughs> a lot of people at Baltimore taking a corner. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about who Trent Simpson is, what he brings to the table. Look at his stats. Look at his profile and where the Ravens can deploy him. We'll also take a look at Patrick Queen and what this means for him. I think it is significant in that regard. So we'll look at Queen's situation and what his future could be with the Ravens. We'll also talk about Lamar Jackson's extension a little more. Talk about Zay Flowers and that selection as well. And also look ahead to day three of the draft is Baltimore. They're gonna they're gonna have their fair share of guys that they can take, especially at corner. I think the board has fallen really well for them over the course of the first three days. So we'll talk about that as well. But thank you again, everybody, for being here with us on Locked On Ravens. We are a five day a week Ravens podcast. So the the draft we've been live streaming left and right here. This I'll do like two straight weeks of an episode because we'll be doing the live streams. We'll have another one of these live streams after tomorrow, after tomorrow's draft festivities end. So after day three of the draft and the undrafted for agency news kind of trickles in a little bit, we'll do another live stream breaking down everything there. But we are a five-day-a-week show, meaning that Monday through Friday, we put out shows 6 a.m. Eastern time, so Ravens news analysis updates. Be sure to subscribe for that here. And if you have a friend or a family member, that word of mouth, still very much a thing. You can tell them Locked on Ravens is here for them in Ravens updates. But all right, let's get into Trenton Simpson now, linebacker from Clemson. I was a little surprised at the pick. And look, to me, the Ravens are a BPA team. They've been a best player available team for literally like their whole existence. (laughs) It's it's nothing new. Baltimore makes that pick here. Now, there were corners on the board, definitely. Gilly Ringo was one. Darius Rush was another one. Eli Ricks. But Baltimore takes Trenton Simpson who it, it now provides a bit of a, tr- a positional logjam at linebacker, starting off with his stats and a bit of his intangibles, about 6'3", 225. He's an athlete, 100% an athlete, 165 total tackles at Clemson, 23 of those for loss, 
13 sacks as well, five pass defense, three forced fumbles. He's a jack of all trades, seriously. I mean, this is somebody who you, you can put all over the field. And, you know, when looking at the actual alignments for him, he's played on the D-line, played in the slot, played corner snaps in the box. He's played deep as well. If you want to go to his most versatile season, I would probably say it was 2021, 117 snaps on the D-line, 100 or 225, excuse me, in the slot, eight in corner, 207 in the box, and 12 deep. So, look, you, you, you can really put him all over the field, and that's the type of player Baltimore really likes, but he can play off-ball. He can play next to Roquan Smith, but you see him in the fluidity in his movement. He is an extremely fluid player, a fluid athlete, the, the ability for him to – like his coverage. When you look at him dropping back into coverage, the hip movement, the, the ability to rotate, and also he is very crisp coming out of breaks. If someone changes direction on him – he can change direction right back. The Ravens have historically been a team that hasn't necessarily been great at covering linebacker or covering running backs and covering tight ends with linebackers. And I think that Trenton Simpson gives them that. I think, you know, Patrick Queen's had his ups and downs in coverage. I think he has he has gotten better, but I think one of the knocks on Patrick Queen has been consistency in coverage. I think Trenton Simpson can definitely do that for you. And Ryan Osborne coming in saying, Hey, Kevin, do you think that Malik Harrison has gone after this move? I don't I don't think so. I mean, if you kind of look at Baltimore's inside linebacker depth right now as a whole, it's Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen. Trenton Simpson, Malik Harrison, Kristen Welch is in there, Delshawn Phillips. If anything, look, the Ravens have a deep, like, it's almost like the wide receiver question we've been having over the past 24 hours or so after Zay Flowers. With wide receiver, it's Odell, it's Rashad Bateman, it's Zay Flowers, it's Devin Duvernay, it's Nelson Aguilar, it's all these guys. But what, what if what happened last year happens this year again, where Bateman goes down or Odell goes down, but you've traded away Devin Duvernay, and you don't like you. You don't have options there. I think the Ravens are better positioned there. My point is that linebacker. If Roquan Smith has to miss a couple games, if Simpson gets injured, if Queen gets injured, I definitely think Harrison can. Like you want to have that valuable depth there. If anything, I think it affects Patrick Queen more than it does Malik Harrison at this point. I think with Harrison, th- there's not the looming question. Like you can sign Harrison to an extension. I don't think it's going to be nearly as rich as the deal Patrick Queen is going to get. So we'll talk about Patrick Queen in a couple minutes here. But a good because Malik Harrison, I think people forget, is still there. He was in the same draft class as Patrick Queen. And now the Ravens do have a log jam. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but they do have, they do have a log jam at the linebacker position. But the thing with Simpson is you can't just necessarily pencil him in at one position. Like you can't just call him a linebacker. and He's only going to play off ball. That's the only thing you can do. You can put him deep. You can put him in the slot. Like you can do so much of them. And I think the, the exciting potential of this, and it's honestly what people are talking about with like Brian Branch from Alabama, for example, who went to Detroit, is if the Ravens are taking Branch, it's almost like how does Mike McDonald maneuver all these chess pieces and kind of figure out where to place all these guys? It's the same thing with Trenton Simpson. I'm really excited to see and Matthew Carter popping in the chat saying, I wonder if Mike McDonald wants to play all three of Smith, Queen and Simpson. It is theoretically very possible. And based off of John Harbaugh's comments, Eric DaCosta's comments after the pick, seems like the Ravens are still very in love with Patrick Queen. They're saying they love Patrick Queen. Now, again, how much of that is a smokescreen? Are they going to deal him tomorrow? <laughs> there, there are a bunch of questions leading up to what it could be. But I think that I'm not going to discount. I'm not going to rule out the Ravens potentially keeping Patrick Queen and running out this three, technically it'd be three linebackers, right? With with Smith, Queen, and Simpson. 
but I would I would make Simpson more as like a chess piece, like a, like weapon weapon Cole Jackson. Shout out to Cole Jackson. It'd be weapon uh, weapon Trenton Simpson. <laughs> so that'd be funny here. But yeah, I mean, look, he's the guy who has a chip on his shoulder. Definitely seems super excited to be a member of the Ravens. I mean, look. He said that he's gonna go down as one of the greats of the of the Baltimore Ravens and like the the believe that like Lamar Jackson said during his interview. So seems like a, a guy that is motivated, hardworking. You know, he's he mentioned his dad is a very big motivating factor for him. It's you know a story that I think motivates him and is very motivating in itself, and and, and you know is something that's motivational and inspirational. So this is a player to me that already has those like leadership tendencies and leadership qualities. And I think is a very good fit with the team. Now, again, would I have taken a corner? Probably, like I would have probably taken a corner, but I think Eric DeCosta actually provided really valuable insight into kind of what the board was for them and said the board was completely wiped clean. And in the third round, they had maybe seven or eight guys. And by the end of it, by the time they were on the clock, there was one. And we know, we, we absolutely know for what Baltimore is as a team and has been as a team drafting, they're going to take best player available. And at this point, I, it's, it's hard to say that the pick was a hundred percent. Oh, well, you know, Patrick queen is on the, you know, what are we going to do with his fifth year option? And he's going to be gone after this year. I don't think Baltimore was looking ahead to that. Did it have, you know, did it cross their minds? Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it did, but I truly think the Ravens just liked the player and look, we've seen them go this route before. Remember JK Dobbins in 2020. Remember how that pick was perceived where the Ravens, the Ravens that year literally just had Mark Ingram come off a 15 total touchdown year. They had Gus Edwards and everybody's thinking, wait, you just took a running back in the second round. And now look, now look where we are. Fast forward to right now. Dobbins is one of the best up and coming young running backs in this league. And Ingram has been gone and Edwards came off the injury. And now Edwards and Dobbins are that one to do. I'll take it a step further. Marlon Humphrey, back in 2017, the Ravens had Jimmy Smith playing at a high level. They had Brandon Carr already. Spending first-round draft capital on a quarter cornerback was not a need, but the Ravens did it, and everybody again was saying, why are you spending a first-rounder on a corner? And look where we are. Fast forward again to 2023. Marlon Humphrey's one of the best corners in the league. Brandon Carr has not been with the Ravens for multiple seasons now. And Jimmy Smith obviously hasn't been there for a while. Well, only a season, but he hasn't been there too. So look, I, I will acknowledge the fact that corner and running back, you can have like more of, I think it's easier to have a rotation there. You want to have your inside linebackers on the field for a, a long amount of time. But at the same time, you can have a rotation for your, the Ravens ran those three corner rotations. Again, I know it's different with linebacker, but you you can, you hypothetically can run a rotation with Smith, Queen, and Simpson and still have a workout, especially with how athletic Simpson is and with how able he's able to move along a defense. You can put him back. You can put him up. You can put him off ball. You can put him in the slot. That to me is the intriguing part of this. So if I had to give a grade, I'd give it a solid B, like B, B plus. You know, I don't think it's a it's a blow me away pick. I wasn't necessarily like, oh my God. But the more I look into it, the more I like it. I, I definitely don't hate it. I think a lot of people were kind of, well, the Ravens need a corner. They need a corner. Why would they take a linebacker? They have Patrick Queen. But I'll give it a, a B plus slash B grade for the Ravens. Coming up, though, in our second segment, we'll continue talking about Trenton Simpson. Also get into the Patrick Queen aspect of things, looking at his – uh latest Twitter likes, which are pretty interesting. So be sure to stay tuned for all that. And we'll be right back. 
here on Locked on Ravens. But first, I do want to tell you a bit about Ultimate Football GM. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You're free to talk about the mobile game app, but if you ever thought you'd make a good GM, you've got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty when you play Ultimate Football GM. You can control every managed strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory through trying to build a historic dynasty. And if you want to build that team like the Ravens, you can you can take a linebacker in the third round, make all these good or bad decisions that can have consequences to your franchise. And once you download it, you don't even need Wi-Fi to play. You can also play it with your friends or your family, which is super, super fun. And with Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the road coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms and navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of the season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is going to be free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Ravens listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise. When using the Promo code locked on all caps in the game store. That's locked on all caps. Make sure to check it out today. To download the games at ultimate-gm.com. Look it up on the app store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. We're back. Live edition, midnight, Locked on Ravens after dark. Kevin Ostriker still here with you. Recapping day two of the 2023 draft for the Ravens. The Ravens taking Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson. At number 86, the chat right now, we have people in the chat here, uh, Dollhouse narr- Narrations saying that he believes Harrison is here and Queen might be gone, but possibly, you know, that kind of leads me into the topic here of Patrick Queen. It's interesting. The Ravens have been very non-committal on Patrick Queen and that fifth year option. I-, I really don't know what happens. Now, if you go to Patrick Queen's Twitter likes, I put this out there because it is, you know, I think it's important to <laughs> put it out there. Patrick Queen Ended up liking a tweet, you know, Leo DiCaprio pointing at the TV and, you know, saying Texans and he liked the tweet. So I he tweeted out after the pick about eight minutes, he said, sheesh. So I would say Patrick Queen, not the biggest fan. And someone, someone made the comparison. I'm not sure who it was, so I apologize. But it's almost like the Chuck Clark situation last year when Kyle Hamilton was picked, where they liked Chuck Clark, but they had the opportunity to take a player who they believe fit their, fits their defense, is on that rookie deal, and they they pounced at the opportunity, not even to mention the fact that he was the highest remaining player on that board. They, they said they only had one player on that board, and, and it was Trent Simpson. So maybe the Ravens stick it out, or Queen and the Ravens stick it out for one more year here, and it could be it. But at the same time, if the Ravens are really looking to make a move in this draft, at, at this point, a player would probably be how you make that move in Queen does make the most sense. There had already been rumblings surrounding Queen and potentially a trade there. So I don't know what the future holds for him. I would definitely, you know, before I was like, oh, they're, they're probably not going to move him this year. But this this pick kind of changes a lot. <laughs> it kind of does. I'm not saying they can't make it work, as I talked about with Smith, Queen, and Simpson. But at the same time, if you can go out there and trade for an early fourth that you can go out there and, you know, Sean Falco here saying Ringo still available. Kaylee Ringo is still available. So maybe he isn't necessarily going to fall super far in the Ravens trade queen. The Texans have back-to-back picks. I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's 104 and 105, maybe it's queen for two fourths and that could be the deal. But let, with queen, he's turned into a very good player. Obviously last year was a very big stepping stone for him in his career Having him in this defense is still very valuable, especially if if Mike McDonald can work having that three-man rotation, which I still think is definitely possible. So we'll see what happens. Dollhouse also saying, I like the Simpson pick. 
yeah, I mean, I, I do too. Again, solid like BB plus for me. Donald Brown in here saying Ravens should go the trade route with Queen instead of the traditional comp pick for letting him walk at a potentially lesser value. And then Donald also saying perhaps Bowser is gone with a Jabo and OA being healthy. Well, Bowser, Bowser is going to stay. I, I'm maybe he, I mean, look, there's always a chance for everybody, right? But the, the rotation of Bowser, Jabo, and OA is a good one. And if you, if you let Bowser go, edge is already a need. It becomes a much bigger need. I actually like Bowser or Jabo and OA is a big three for them with maybe another guy added, but back to Donald's first point here, the comp pick thing is interesting. Cause I, I went on Ken McCusick's live stream and, you know, Jason huddle up, huddle up films was there, you know, Vaz from Baltimore Beatdown. It was a really great group of guys. And they were kind of talking about queen and kind of what's, what would be the, the move for him. And this was actually before the Simpson pick even happened. So, you know, talking about what a trade would be for him and all of us kind of agreed on a third rounder. I had been of the mindset that, Hey, start at nothing but a second. But then I had to, I had to realize, and, you know, we kind of talked it through on the show that inside linebacker is not a premium position. First of all, the team's going to have to want to want Patrick queen. Like they're going to have to have him as somebody they want. And in terms of a comp pick, there's no guarantee, like I would assume, but there's no guarantee that the deal that he gets is third round comp pick value. So what Donald's saying here is, you know, potentially lesser value of letting him walk. Like, let's say the Ravens had an offer, like maybe it's a 2024 third. Let's just put that out there. If Queen for a 2024 third is on the table, are you going to take that? Or are you going to maybe risk him walking and get the 2024 third anyway, or risk having the pick be a fourth. So obviously at that point you have to weigh the risk of, Oh, well, you're for losing Patrick queen. You're not going to have a young, really up and coming linebacker on a rookie deal. So we'll see what happens. But Donald does make a very intriguing and interesting point there. Scotty Bippen saying PQ, a hell of a linebacker, but he's got to be on his way out. Won't be Malik Harrison. He plays special teams as well. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with everybody here who says that it's not necessarily a Malik Harrison thing. It's more of a Patrick queen thing. And that's not saying Patrick queen is bad. Again, he, he made a ton of strides. He really, really did. But the Ravens here getting Simpson, I just don't see the the path for a long-term future. I can see Queen in Baltimore for 2023. I think there's a path there, but Queen's going to want to get paid. He's going to deserve to get paid, and the team's going to pay him. And the Ravens, at this point, with having Roquan on that $100 million deal, with having a guy like Trenton Simpson in there, there, I just don't think like what if Queen demands? I don't even know that what the specifics would be. I'll try to think of a mock like four years, sixty million. Let's say Queen demands that. Are you paying him that four years, sixty, even four year fifty? Are you paying Patrick Queen that if you're the Ravens after already committing all that money to Roquan Smith and investing a somewhat high draft pick into a Trent Simpson? And again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna box Trent Simpson into that position, but you know the same time you kind of have to be realistic with everything so i don't think there is a long-term future for queen in baltimore as, as unfortunate as i think that is i think patrick queen and roquan smith played very very well off of each other and i would like to see that duo continue but at this point queen is your most valuable trade chip 100 and if the ravens have to include a player i mean patrick queen seems to be that guy here and, and we have Caitlin here saying, Ooh, I like these midnight streams. We got locked on Ravens after dark here. So I appreciate you tuning in, Caitlin. And then Derek Jones saying, Somebody's gone from the linebacker room. That's a deep room right now. I, I would have to say Patrick Queen. I agree, though, Derek. I don't think that you can necessarily uh, have, a, I mean, you could, like, you really could. Again, the depth piece is real, but realistically, I think the Ravens keep five inside linebackers this year. 
I just think that's what the roster construction will be right now. If you're looking at it, it's going to be Roquan Smith. It's going to be Patrick Queen. It's going to be Trent Simpson. It's going to be Kristen Wilson. It's going to be Malik Harrison. You know, you have Delshawn Phillips there as well. Josh Ross. I think a lot of people forget about Josh Ross and how impressive he was in the preseason. That's another player. So they have options there. And if you want to move to get draft 2024's class is considered a lot deeper in multiple aspects than this one right here. This, this class is actually considered one of the worst of the decade. Like it, it hasn't been very, and I know we're only in 2023, but in the last decade, I mean, so th- there isn't a lot of necessarily talent that people are running up the card for immediately. There still is talent, but I think if the Ravens wanted to get more assets there, Maybe Queen is the guy. But again, you have to be willing to take the hit of, again, not having a very solid young linebacker on a rookie deal for one more year in a year that it seems like the Ravens are taking the quote-unquote all-in approach, where it's not the Rams. They didn't trade everything, and they're going all in that way. But Odell, you're, you're doing a lot of these good moves that is setting you up for an all-in year this year, but then also setting you up very nicely for the future where you're not absolutely tanking everything there. So it, it's, it's an interesting point here. Random guy on YouTube saying, I think there's a possibility we could trade PQ plus a future draft pick for Jair Alexander. And this is what I was talking about last night. So random guy on YouTube and I were on, we're on the same wavelength. We were talking about potential corners. Cause again, the Ravens didn't take a corner. They took a linebacker here. So corner becomes uh, still is a need for them. Jair, Jair Alexander is somebody who I think would be an incredible him and Lamar Jackson, obviously teammates at Louisville. They are, they are friends. I don't know what it would take. I really don't know what it would take to get Jair Alexander. I don't even know if he's on the block for Green Bay right now. I think Green Bay's timeline is a little weird because of the Jordan Love situation. But if it's Patrick Queen in the second for Jair Alexander, even Patrick Queen in the first, I don't think they do that. The Ravens value their first-round picks too much. But if it was Jair Alexander in a second, or Jair Alexander for a second and Patrick Queen, excuse me, I hey, you you might sign me up for that one, and then you could the Ravens could tweet out their Jair Alexander montage when they were on the pick there. So that that's a really interesting possibility there. I actually I like that one. Dollhouse saying Bowser's under contract. Yep, one hundred percent agree. Uh, and because it's a, tra- a fact, but I think Bowser provides them a lot of value. Ninety three saying I feel like it was a great pick, but we badly need a corner, and that actually takes us. It's, we'll talk about it a tiny bit here, but it transitions us into our third segment very nicely because the Ravens do need a corner. There are corners on the board like Gilly Ringo, like Darius Rush, Eli Ricks, Corey and Bennett, etc. I would have preferred a corner there, but the Ravens obviously with their BPA mindset in the board really not falling the way. I honestly thought it fell fine. Like I thought the board fell fine. There were a couple of guys like I, I would have loved Tyreek Stevenson. I, you know, I would have loved Julius Brents, but realistically, those guys weren't going to be there for them. I didn't think Ringo was going to be available to start a day three. I mean, he was he was a first round pick in some people's mock drafts. So that one was surprising. But the Ravens now have an opportunity to go this BPA route with Trenton Simpson and then also be very, very, I don't want to say lucky because, you know, well, the draft is sometimes luck, but they did this strategically where I think they knew that they had enough day three grades on corners and maybe even some day two grades on guys where they could take a very highly rated player on their board and then reset to day three and take a guy there. So we'll talk about that in the final segment. Still a ton to dive into on Locked On Ravens. Be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton of content here on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're thinking for a delicious snack with only all the sugar and calories and you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever, 
in built. And if you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just the thing for you in Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. And what even think they're that good for you because they taste so amazing. What makes them so good is their starters are covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. And they only have 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And I don't even need to wait to get a box. Sure, you've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and you can still get your specialty flavors at built.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, right under grab a 13 bar box of hip flavors such as brownie butter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. We're back. Midnight edition locked on Ravens. Kevin O'Shiker still here with you again. Thank you so much for being here with us late night here on Locked On Ravens, or whenever you're listening, if it's after, you know, you, you wake up early on Saturday morning, you're listening here. Thank you for tuning in. It's also going to be available in audio form. All these live streams are so it's obviously going to happen the live stream on YouTube, but then you can catch it anywhere you get your podcast in audio form. And thank you again for tuning in here. It means a lot to me here. You're able to Tune in and listen to the show. You'll be doing another live stream tomorrow, recapping day three of the draft for Baltimore and rounding out their selection. So there's a lot to dive into, of course, and I appreciate you keeping it locked on here with Locked On Ravens. So be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio form as well. Let's get back into our conversation, though. Day three for the Ravens, there's a lot to talk about. And I think the start of it would be what happens with Patrick Queen. You know, Eric Johnson saying Patrick Queen is gone. Potentially he is. Potentially the Ravens make a trade on day three early, maybe ship him out for two-fourths or a fourth this year and a fourth. I don't know what the deal would be, but there's a, there is a 50-50 shot in my mind that he either plays for them in 2023 and they make the, the rotation work for a year and then that's that, or he, he gets traded. Uh, Gutwall Street saying PQ is not worth a third rounder. I, I think for me, third round is probably best case scenario. Like I understand what you're saying, hundred percent. I think I just I don't know. Like the the more that pick falls off, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd trade Queen for a fourth at this point. Maybe two fourths. I think two fourths is a different conversation. But Queen for a fourth, I just uh, I don't know. Jack King three saying just can't afford him because of Lamar. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be an issue for like this year or next year. Right. But I think as that cap continues to increase, I agree. I mean, especially the fact that they paid Roquan is that Lamar deal starts to go up. And again, we don't have the particulars of that right now, but as that Lamar deal continues to go up, I just don't think you're going to be able to pay two linebackers that amount of money there. Barry Lilly saying, I think there's more value in keeping the dynamic duo the Super Bowl year. That's kind of where I am, honestly. Like at this point, I think a trade is much more likely than it was, let's say, at the start of the day. But to have Queen there on for this year, I don't think it'll necessarily tank his value. Like I think a team at the end of this year would still pay something for him. Like they still give up something for him. I think to me, if you have him for one year, if you pick up the fifth year option, then trade him next year. I think that that'd be fine. Like, I think you're not necessarily sacrificing a ton of draft pick capital that way. You're able to keep Queen and Smith and work in Trenton Simpson. That that makes a that that I think is a solid plan there. So Big J saying, "Hey, I like the quality depth for long term." I mean, well, I, if Jay, if you're talking about having Queen there long term, I wish I wish it would. I wish it would be the scenario. I just don't. I just don't see a path where they pay two linebackers. Maybe they could. But 
We'll see. Donald coming in with the, the corner conversation. Let's get to this here. It seems like we're banking on signing Rocky SC and then Barry coming back saying we have enough cap space to bring MP back. And that's the conversation now where like if the Ravens don't, it seems like the Ravens don't really love this corner class because, you know, their Keely Ringo was someone who, again, first round grade for some, second round grade for some. You have guys like Eli Ricks and Clark Phillips and Darius Rush. I don't know if the Ravens just don't like this class. And the plan is to bring in Rocky Yassin and Marcus Peters. They can do it now. Like they can do that with the Lamar contract situation being all, all tucked away, which I think still is just such a relief. And honestly, I almost can't believe it. I'm like, uh, it's like, Oh, do I need to talk about Lamar right now? What's the contract, but Hey, he signed. And I think with that, the Ravens are going to be able to make either one big move or a couple of smaller ones. And I think that, for shoring up the Ravens corner room. I mean, I'll, I'll paint it out here. Would you feel comfortable with the corner room of Marlon Humphrey, Rocky Essien, and Marcus Peters at your top three with Brandon Stevens as your four, Trayvon Mullen in there, Pepe Williams, Jalen Armour Davis. I, I wouldn't be mad at it. I mean, I think still a guy like Ringo, a guy like Rush would be really good picks for them. But if they don't value that class, it would not shock me to see them not take a corner at all or take maybe one later round guy and then maybe take defensive line help, edge help, running back help, et cetera. That might be a sneaky thing that happens here on day three. Gutwall asking, why didn't we have a second-round pick this year? Because the Roquan trade. The Ravens traded a second and a fifth for Roquan Smith. Heck of a second-round pick. It was my my favorite tweet of the night, and I called it here. If you were here with me yesterday over the course of the last couple of shows, I said I'm, I was going to look forward to the Ravens putting out the tweet saying, we love our second-round pick in Roquan Smith. And they did it. And I, <laughs> it was great. Jake, Luke, and I joked about it and, and they did it. So I was very happy with that. We have a, uh, yeah, Barry saying we had the second best, round, this, the best second round pick in Roquan Smith. Wanda Smoke saying trade PQ for a corner. Well, and I saw you on the, on the Ken McCusick last stream. Welcome in here. Um, possibly. I mean, again, Jair Alexander is one that uh, I think could be uh, an option, but that would have to be queen and like it couldn't just be queen for Alexander, but I still, I'm going to do a show either this week or next week about the corners and who the Ravens could potentially trade for as like a star next to Marlon Humphrey. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I wouldn't put it past it. You know, want to put, putting out a good, uh, a good potential option there for a potential PQ trade. And then the link Remy saying we traded our second round pick to the bears for Roquan Smith. Yep. Yep. And then Donald saying not having Calais Campbell is a big question mark. Campbell is a big loss. Big loss. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I wish you could have stayed in Baltimore. I wish the Lamar situation would have been, you know, maybe completed a little quicker. Again, not blaming Lamar for everything that happened this offseason. I don't want it to be taken that way. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't say it didn't have an impact. Like, it definitely did. So, the Ravens, I've outlined the defensive line room on this show before for next year. This this year, I think they're fine. Like, I, I think it's like, eh, it's it's good. But then you look to next year, the only guy under contract is, is Travis Jones, I I believe, or the, the only sure thing. The only sure thing is Travis Jones. Justin Matabike, Broderick Washington, they're on the last years of their deals this year. Michael Pierce since at retirement after this contract is up for the Ravens. Brent Urban on a one-year deal. They're going to need some defensive line depth. Campbell, I think, would have been great. But again, that's not a long-term option either, which is why I could potentially see them addressing the defensive line here. On day three, random guy on YouTube saying Jerry Alexander is looking to be out of Green Bay dating back to February. I didn't know that. If that's true, that's big news because I think maybe the Ravens could be a player for him. Obviously, they were in on Darius Slay addressing that position. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Quickly recapping the rest of what happened over the course of the last 
24, 48 hours. Well, actually, uh, I'll do it. Antonio Brown, <laughs> I was debating doing it or not. Antonio Brown tweeted that uh, him in a Ravens jersey saying, excited to be back in the NFL, you know, hashtag Ravens flock. And I think everybody was so happy over the last 24 hours. No one cared. <laughs> like everyone was like, LOL, Antonio Brown. We got Zay Flowers and Simon Lamar. We don't care about this. And that's what it was. The, the, the best day or one of the best days in Ravens history, the Ravens signed Lamar Jackson. The contract saga is done. Five years for him, 260, 185 guaranteed. Again, still getting the particulars of this deal here, and we'll probably get him over the course of the next day or so, week or so. But it's it's a big move. I think it's a good deal for Lamar, good deal for the Ravens. I'm very glad the whole situation is over. I didn't want the Ravens to go back into the you know the quarterback mediocrity. You have a top ten quarterback in Lamar, at least a top ten quarterback in Lamar. He deserves to be paid as such. The the highest paid player in terms of average annual value than Baltimore taking Zay Flowers at pick number 22 over a really solid receiver, someone who I think rounds out that receiver room very nicely, a bit on the smaller side has had an issue with drops, but the explosiveness, the explosiveness hundred percent is there. The route running ability, absolutely incredible. Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, a filthy route running trio. I'm excited about that. So Zay Flowers at 22, Trenton Simpson at 86. I'd give the Ravens a solid B plus, a solid B plus of their draft so far. They have a couple more picks to work with at the, beginning of day three and then over the course of that and we'll see what they end up doing only five total picks again they've used two of those so three coming up here Patrick Silverman jumping in saying in the PFF mock simulator I was able to trade Pat Queen to the Cardinals for D hot pick 168 and two future four plus five round picks that'd be a dream I mean I don't think it's happening I think that is a I don't think the Cardinals would do that and I don't even think it makes sense for the Ravens to bring in DeAndre Hopkins anymore unless they traded DuVernay in that deal but yeah and, and Patrick coming back saying not that we necessarily need D-Hop but it is possible the Zay Flowers thing kind of definitely had that ship sail and also the Cardinals GM said he's probably not going anywhere anyway so I, I definitely think that ship has sailed but you know it, it's a good point made by Patrick because I think it gives somewhat of like ooh, what could the value be here if you could get two future four plus fives and 168. You know, I think maybe you'd want picks like maybe one, like 104, 105 from the Texans, I think is solid. But again, the Ravens with Trenton Simpson, a very versatile player. You can line them up all over the field. Mike McDonald must be grinning ear to ear right now with uh, with the whole situation. And, and gut wall, D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins, the Cardinals wide receiver. D-Hop is his nickname and uh, doesn't seem like he's, he's on the move. Although it was a dream. I had a lot of D-Hop content, DeAndre Hopkins content on the show. So that ship has sailed. I, I guess I put out as much as I could. The potential was fun, but uh seems like the Ravens are moving forward with Odell, Rashad Bateman, and Zay Flowers there. But I appreciate everybody tuning in here on the show today. That's all I have for you on this midnight after dark edition. We'll be back here tomorrow after day three of the draft, after round seven ends, probably a little bit after the undrafted free agency frenzy goes. So we can talk a bit on the show about the free agency that the Ravens have in terms of undrafted guys. That's one of that's the bread and butter here. The Ravens love that, that undrafted free agency. So again, be sure to subscribe to the channel here, follow along in audio form. It is free five days a week here. And of course we do these live streams on YouTube. So if you want to be engaged in the chat, turn notifications on. So, you know, when we go live here again, we'll be back here tomorrow on locked on Ravens on Saturday, talking, recapping the Ravens day three and the entire draft for the Ravens, as well as we'll have our Monday show coming out at 6 a.m. Eastern time. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Thank you again. I'll see you right back here soon on Lockdown Ravens.